0: Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make
1: bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we started doing virtual visits. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world.
0: Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. Ace is a place with the helpful hardware, folks. At Ace, your backyard's right in our backyard, which means we have hand-picked products that are right for the birds in your neighborhood, like premium bird seed, suet, birdhouses, and feeders. Stop by your local Ace and get everything you need to attract the birds you want, including Ace Wild Bird Food, on sale now. Now through Tuesday only, when you buy two 20-pound bags of wild bird food, get a third bag free, only at Ace, the helpful place. Offer valid through February 28th at participating stores.
2: the Wednesday Roto-Wire Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast sponsored by FanDuel the leader in one day fantasy sports I'm Jake Latarski, once again joined by By John McKechnie, the high school acquaintance of national champion and local hero, Chris Jenkins. Just want to bring that up before we get to baseball. What's the buzz in uh, your local area going like these days?
1: Yeah, back in D.C., uh, you know, I get on Twitter right after Jenkins hits the game winner. I'm already pumped as, as anything, and all my friends are just tweeting, Facebook, everything just. All about Chris Jenkins.
2: I mean, that guy's not going to have to pay for a drink in Philadelphia or D.C. for the rest of his life. Yeah, and rightfully so. <laughs> He's going to be forever remembered in college basketball history for that amazing shot. Uh, but yeah, just wanted to touch on that. Uh, I, I, I served as a college basketball editor this year, so exactly. did it a little, watched it a little bit closely. But now the shift is completely over to Daily Fantasy Baseball, mm-hmm. where John and I are going to have you covered today with all of your hitter, pitcher, cash game, tournament strategy picks so you can have the most success possible on FanDuel. Oh yeah. Right on. So uh, we'll dive right in today. Uh, Going to kind of talk about, well first, quick reminder, uh, FanDuel scoring changes uh, uh, from last year at least. They're a little bit inflated. Get Want to touch on that for just a quick minute. For example, Clayton Kershaw last night, seven innings, nine strikeouts, gets the win. That's a total of 60 fantasy Huge. points. So quite a bit more than last year. Uh, overall though, from what I've played so far, I haven't noticed a ton of strategy changes. Uh, you don't... Right. Um, Batting average with hitters isn't as big of a deal because they don't deduct points for outs anymore. That's probably the biggest change Mm -hmm. that I've noticed here. So you can be a little bit more risky with your hitters at times because you won't be incurring such severe penalties for right. strikeouts. We'll be
1: touching on some of those guys that are a bit more boom and buzz true three outcome type of guys uh when we get down to the hitters a little bit later
2: on. Yeah, exactly. Uh so yeah, you don't necessarily be need to be afraid of Chris Carter or anything, right. although you might want to be a little wary of the Brewers, but we'll get to that in just a bit here. Why don't we talk over some cash game strategy, particularly starting with pitchers as we'd like to kind of open up this podcast with uh, on most days. Again, a cash game, it's your 50-50s, it's your mm-hmm multipliers it's your heads up where you need to be have a relatively safe lineup and with your pitcher being the most expensive position uh, out of any position on the slate it's really the position that you want to pay up for exactly
1: and uh, in this case you know looking at the slate tomorrow I thought that Strasburg kind of stood out to me he's probably going to be one of the most expensive guys if not the most expensive Uh, but at the same time I mean he's looked pretty dominant in spring I think he's he's a Mm -hmm. strikeout machine waiting to happen especially against a pretty uh, weak Braves lineup looked at his numbers doesn't have amazing career numbers down at Turner Field but you got to remember he you a few years ago he's facing you know viable playoff contending Mm -hmm. Braves teams last year he pitched six shutout innings uh, down at Turner Field I I just think that uh, you know don't Don't get too hung up on his career numbers down at Turner Field. I think it's just too favorable a matchup uh, to avoid Strasburg, unless, you know, getting to your guy...
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, before we get to mine, just uh, touch on Strasburg. Do you have any kind of ownership of him in your season-long leagues at all? Anything like that?
1: I missed out on him. Usually where he ended up getting taken, I would either target him or like Chris Archer, and I, I just have like a man crush on Chris Archer, basically, so I, mm-hmm. I got as many shares of him as I could.
2: Yeah, I hear you. I mean, I'm in a couple of season-long leagues, and I tend to stay away from strasburg a little bit i've seen so many owners struggle with the injury right. issues uh, on, on and off but after the way he, he's pitched this spring he's in and, a walk year too yeah, exactly. uh, you know he's
1: going to be one to put out his best numbers ever this mm-hmm. year
2: yeah i i think you're exactly right so i i can see the allure to a player like strasburg and Hey, because this is daily, this is one day fantasy sports. You don't really necessarily need to worry about any long term concern. Exactly. Give him a shot this time, and if something happens a month from now, you know you you can just benefit today and and get away with that. Yeah, you don't have to pay for it down the line. Yeah, right on. Another top price pitcher that I think would be my personal pick in cash games. He's a. Uh, I'm assuming he'll be pretty high priced, but based on his mm-hmm. usage towards the end of last year, I'm not really sure about that yet. Again, uh, still waiting on prices for Wednesday to come out while we record this here on Tuesday afternoon. But anyway, my guy is Jose Fernandez of the Miami Marlins. They're going against the Detroit Tigers at home. So, uh, regardless of if he's the second price guy or the sixth price guy, I think he's going to be a great foundation for fantasy players to be building. Their cash games around there's a big hand time. yeah big time I agree there are a handful of reasons for a guy like Jose Fernandez the pride of my staff keeper league team here <laughs> one of my one of my few uh, real good keepers worthwhile he- here uh one I, I mean of course I just love watching him pitch but that's a little bit different uh from this daily strategy aspect behind this uh first of all like to look at the over unders and the uh, and the money lines for this game. The Marlins are actually favored against the Tigers. You wow. wouldn't expect that uh, with how the last couple seasons have gone for each exactly. of these clubs, but uh, and you know the Tigers have a decent lineup. They're still trying trotting out Miguel Cabrera, Ian Kinsler, J.D. Martinez, Victor Martinez. So yep. and they, they got Justin Upton now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've got Upton, but I mean some of those guys love to strike out, you know, I'm, I'm they thinking do. Upton, the, how that uh, how that lineup has changed since the offseason, so, but anyway, regardless, Vegas is setting this line as of Tuesday afternoon at minus 151 for Miami, and the over-under on that game is just seven, it's one of the lowest on all, on all the slates, so, pitcher aside, those numbers are pretty favorable, and like I kind of alluded to earlier, his Price shouldn't quite be at what its peak is going to be this year. Mm -hmm. He's not going to quite reach Kershaw Scherzer prices until at least a few starts in. He has to show it, right? Exactly,
1: yeah. I mean, where you'll be getting him now versus where, you know, I think we agree on this, you know, where he's going to be down the line, you know, we're talking May, June, you know, he's going to be probably the most Mm -hmm. expensive guy on a given day when yeah. he's when he's on on the mound so you take that into account so you're getting a bit of a deal with him and then plus you just got to love that you're playing down in Miami and you're Mm-hmm. Uh, facing an AL team that's not used to have to use uh, a pitcher as their hitter so you know that basically mm-hmm. just is like a free out that Fernandez is going to be getting yeah.
2: I I don't believe I have is it Verlander on Wednesday or is it uh, I think Verlander might be today No, Verlander's today okay because I know Verlander has done some things with the stick in the past but who knows how much of that uh, we're going to have left here so uh, uh, it'll
1: be Anibal Sanchez it'll be tomorrow.
2: Anibal Sanchez okay so he's going to have to swing the bat a couple times that only plays in Fernandez's favor and the real big stat line this was Shocking to me. I had to turn around in the office and actually confirm this, what I was seeing. But Jose Fernandez, even with some slight concerns, maybe not being at full strength last year, he is dominant in Miami at home during his career. He is 17 and 0, a 140 ERA, 0.90 whip, and a 10.3 K per nine. It's staggering. So I think that that alone should tell all fantasy owners out there that the floor is very high with Fernandez. Now, even if I don't know how long it's going to take for some of those innings limits or pitch count limits to uh, start coming into play. I mean, I know they're going to want to monitor him coming off of Tommy John sure. surgery, of course. But as far as a cash game, I think uh, there's a very good chance he can go six or seven innings just by pitching efficiently. And, of course, that would set him up for the win here if the game plays out as Vegas thinks it will and and, and as we think it will. So, uh, you know, it might limit... Tournament upside at some point down the road if they do start decide to not let him p- pitch deep into games, but I think as far as the first game of the season, the first slate for Fernandez, I mean, they didn't have him start the home opener. They have him start, I think it's their second or third game of the year. Right. So that's that's one way they're kind of saving him a little bit. And uh, yeah, I, I just in, in a daily contest, you don't need to be too concerned about these types of Indians limit things and his history at uh, Marlins Park here has been quite phenomenal yeah
1: exactly and you know like we like we touched on you know you're facing a pretty like strikeout prone lineup uh you know if he hits that six seven threshold uh for
2: innings you know you can count on probably seven eight k's from there yeah exactly and you know he should could have no problem matching kershaw's opener of 60 fan duel points uh yeah yeah, you know if he gets if he manages to get to double digit strikeouts uh even if he doesn't uh, and is able to even just turn a quality start in, you know, he'll get you a 40, 50 point lineup, which is a perfect, good start in cash game lineups. Got to have it. Exactly. If you're listening to this podcast, you know how much John and I love daily fantasy baseball, and we love talking to you about it. We always want to deliver great content to our listeners, and the best way to do that is to learn more about you. In order to do that, we've created a survey that's quick, anonymous, and... And you'll have a chance to win a Google Chromecast just for helping us out. Visit www.mylistenerstudy.com and tell us about yourself. That's mylistenerstudy.com. We'll learn more about you and you'll get a chance to win a Chromecast. That's what I call a win-win. Visit mylistenerstudy.com. Thank you. Moving on here to the hitter strategy for Wednesday's slate of games. There's uh, a lot of profit potential opportunities that I'm starting to see open up. And sometimes it's with a veteran that uh, may not be as high priced as your Goldschmidt's and your Harper's of the world. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's just with guys moving into new roles in the batting order. John, did anyone stand out uh, for you in particular when we look at the hitters uh, for Wednesday, kind of basing them loosely on their Monday, Tuesday prices? Right. You know,
1: we we're talking about our pitchers to start off with and really when you get past those guys that we just mentioned it's it's a bit of a of a wasteland a little bit you're not going to find as many top tier pitchers taking the mound tomorrow so you're going to find some hitters with some favorable matchups mm-hmm. Uh like today for instance uh, uh the Blue Jays have a right hander going so I stacked a bunch of the Rays lefties and then tomorrow vice versa we're going to have Evan Longoria going against uh Jay Happ who's a lefty mm-hmm. And Longoria batted 342, or slash, 342, 392, 568 against lefties last year. I like that a lot. Plus, he's going to be batting third in the lineup, and he was only around $3,000 as of today. So I like that. I think that's a really solid value, really safe. Uh, especially you know guaranteed number 3 uh, hitter in the order.
2: Yeah, I would have to agree with that. I think any time that you can get Longoria against a left-hander for under 3,500 even, I think uh, mm-hmm. just just being the veteran that he is, especially when you're looking at cash games but also a tournament upside just uh, based on that history, there's enough of a sample size that he is very viable. I always kind of like to chuckle at the daily fantasy players that'll be like, "Oh, well, so and so has a you know 5 for 11 line against this guy in his career it's like okay he's faced him sporadically in three games or something there's not much of a sample size there you don't run into that issue with a veteran like Longoria now it doesn't maybe doesn't have specific numbers against tap but you Mm -hmm. can at least have a long enough sample size against left-handers to know that he is a very viable play
1: yeah and then you know I I was worried when I was kind of digging into the numbers this afternoon that maybe uh his career splits against lefties would be kind of inflated uh from his from when he was really in his prime. But you know, looking at, at that slash line from last year alone, I mean he's getting on base almost forty percent of the time and he's getting base hits like you know, he's batting three forty two. So, I mean, that's recent production that I mean, that's bankable.
2: Yeah, and the way FanDuel's scoring it right now, that's pretty much three fantasy points. Per at bat, you know, of course, you got to factor in a couple outs there, but every walk, every hit by pitch, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. is worth three fantasy points. So, on base percentage, you know, another statistic, or or on base plus, or if you want to go to the advanced metrics, those are all sure. good things to look at uh, this year now. John, how about your Orioles? It looks like the weather forecast is going to be getting a little bit better for tomorrow. So, uh, what do you think about uh, a guy like Chris Davis?
1: Yeah, tomorrow is definitely a time I'm going to be interested in, in paying up for Chris Davis. Uh, you know, it's not going to take him long to, to start launching him onto Utah Street, and you know he's got he's facing a righty tomorrow and Kyle Gibson. So, I'm liking Chris Davis tomorrow, and I'm also liking Pedro Alvarez. He's hitting a little bit deeper in the order than you'd probably like, but his price probably isn't too crazy at this. point point. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he's going to be a left-hander, good matchup against Gibson. Uh, He's kind of a value guy that you can grab, but Davis is definitely a slugger uh, that's viable that I'm going to
2: be paying up for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I actually kind of like Kyle Gibson as a pitcher in season-long formats but when you shift the discussion to daily like we are right now uh, you got to take those those platoon splits especially in a ballpark like Camden Yards you think there's going to be some home runs hit and although I do like Gibson as a viable long-term option he was someone I kind of look for late in drafts for some value Mm -hmm. or late in auctions as you know a couple dollar pitcher that can round out a staff but in a one-day sample size what we're looking at right now I do agree with you, John, where those Orioles, uh, they're, they're going to be formidable. And like you said, any day now, Chris Davis is going to start hitting home runs and he can hit them in bunches. He's great. Yeah, uh, he, he, He's decent in cash games because you don't really have to worry about strikeouts too much anymore without with FanDuel no longer taking points away for strikeouts. And he's very impressive in tournaments uh, for about. I think, is where I last saw his price. So he's going to be kind of in the middle tier there and uh, has that tournament upside. You know, he could go for two or three on any given day.
1: Yeah, and like the... I see like a bit of a worry where the the O's are very right-handed up and down that lineup. So those lefties, you know, as few and far between as they are, I think
2: those make them even more valuable for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a a matchup concern for opposing managers sometimes. Uh, Well, looking at the slate of hitters, uh, one guy that jumped out to me, and I think you might hear this name on just about every (laughs) Daily Fantasy podcast today, uh, but that is Trevor Story, who became the first player in Major League Baseball history to hit multiple homers in his major league baseball debut on opening day, and to top that all off, those both came off of Zach Grinky. So uh, yeah, that's very a pretty impressive. good way to get it started. Yeah, man. that's a very impressive way to start it. He's going to be squaring off against Patrick Corbin. Uh, his price, I used him in my lineups today. Maybe chasing production a little bit too much, but uh, I still don't think you can go wrong. His price today was twenty five hundred. And I feel like as long as he stays under three thousand oh, especially to. when he gets back to Coors Field, mm. uh I think he needs to be used. He's in play every single day. Especially those days where you want to fade Carlos Correa or Correa happens to be on a different slate. I don't even I'm not sure. sure. I don't think the Astros fall on that slate uh tomorrow that I can see. No, I, I believe not. So um yeah, there's a lot of different shortstop options, but Anything less than three thousand is a steal for Story, and he might even be someone that you'll consider using when he gets up to the thirty three, thirty five hundred range, or even further, because I, I can see that happening. I mean, this that's season. just
1: that's just such a great lineup. And then, uh, in my opinion, the, the Diamondbacks staff, like as much as they bolstered it this year, I mean, uh, Granke, apparently he was pitching. Uh, with a bit of the flu last night, but it, I think it's still just huge that Story comes out and just like crushes two absolute bombs. Were they both, were they like different? Uh, didn't he go left and right field
2: in I, those home uh, runs? I don't remember that exactly. I was just, I was just kind of reading the update. I didn't get to ch- catch that game. I remember them being absolute bombs though. So, yep.
1: I mean, you definitely, you definitely like that to start off with. Plus, it's just a really powerful lineup. So, you mm-hmm. know, plugging in as many, uh, Rockies as you can is is really never a terrible idea.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, especially some of these younger guys or if you can look at maybe the platoon between Mark Reynolds and Ben Paulson where that goes those guys right. are, should be both cheap and daily and just kind of as you go down the line. Of course you're going to have to pay up for your cargos in that lineup, mm-hmm. but there should be some cheap options that can very well play as part of a stack as the season goes along and Trevor Story regardless of where he's hitting. He's going to be in play just about every day for at least the first few weeks until his price adjusts. A bit. Absolutely. All right. Now, we mentioned yesterday that one strategy we like to use when looking over. Uh, hitters is finding either new leadoff guys or guys that are hitting first and second in the lineup. So yesterday we kind of talked about Kevin Pillar in this light a little bit. Mm-hmm. He was sitting at $3,000 and uh, always a good option, I think, at that price, especially with that Jays lineup. Exactly. Another guy that I noticed let off on Monday and potentially could be doing that again is John Jaso of the Pirates. Now, he sits at 2500 and He's first base eligible on FanDuel, but I know he's caught games in the past. And if you can catch a site that gives him catcher eligibility, yeah, even uh, better. Yeah, that makes things uh, that makes him very useful. But uh, so yeah, you generally want a little bit more pop from the first base position, but you can absolutely if your first baseman is twenty five hundred, you can stack some of those other positions up there. So. Uh, uh, yeah, do you think uh, this JSO thing is going to be kind of a pattern here? It, we'll see some more leadoff games? Th-
1: that's the sense I'm getting. I mean, obviously it's very early on, but uh, Tuesday they're going against Waka, a right-hander, and he's leading off. And they're they're going against Mike Leake tomorrow, another right-hander. So it seems like Clint Hurdle is at least down to play with the idea of JSO setting the table for them. And you got to love the idea of someone setting the table for for a lineup that has so many like bankable safe hitters. You know, mm-hmm. So they're going to be – if he gets on base, they're going to push him through.
2: Yeah, I think McCutcheon could push for a big bounce back and uh, get back in the MVP race this year. I so, hope uh, so, man. He's yeah, great. Yeah, McCutcheon's a fun player to watch. Other leadoff guys you might want to look at. Uh, I know Rajay Davis led off for the Indians on – Tuesday. So that's something that you might want to consider for Wednesday. Can't imagine he'd be too pricey yet. And sure, he's not going to hit you home runs, but he does have that stolen base upside and should score a couple runs for you. Uh, Other guys that should be relatively low priced are Nori Aoki of the Mariners, Delano Shields of the Rangers. So there's a couple guys like uh, the
1: Shields plus that game, you know, like we talked about yesterday, mm -hmm. that that Seattle Uh, texas series down in globe life is definitely favorable for hitters
2: yeah i would definitely that's a ballpark that you almost always want to target over the course of of the season sure now what about stacks john Uh, we've got some high over unders on the day are there any uh, particular matchups that you uh, are thinking about targeting as far as either hitter stacks or just looking for people from that game
1: well, I yeah, I think that just uh, getting some right-handed hitters in uh, for the, from the Rangers lineup going against uh, lefty Wade Miley down there, I think uh, that's going to help you out a good bit. And then uh, the Colorado Arizona game, we touched on that. Uh, you know, that's that's going to be a pretty high scoring game. Not a whole lot of pitching upside there I, I do like corbin a little bit but i think that uh the diamondbacks are going to be able to put up some some serious runs on chatwood mm-hmm. so you, you'll want to target the uh lefty batters in colorado's
2: or uh <clears throat> excuse me uh arizona's lineup how about yourself yeah that game is uh pretty much posted or is going to be in arizona so even though you don't typical have the coors field inflation uh i think just based on the pitching matchups and stuff uh you got to go uh you already mentioned earlier in the show, John, uh, Baltimore, and Minnesota, that game at Camden Yards. you got Giovanni Gallardo against Kyle Gibson. I don't think you can go wrong with either of those hitters on either teams, uh, especially if the prices are right. Mm-hmm. I, like Specifically, Miguel Sano was pretty cheap the other day, and uh, he's, in, he's a very good tournament play, especially because of that power threat. Oh, yeah. Then you look at other lineups like Seattle and Texas. We kind of alluded to that. It's another good ballpark where you've got Wade Miley going off against Colby Lewis. And of course those Brewers they have a high over under, but I think it's mostly because the Giants are expected to score some runs there john right
1: yeah they they are uh, i I'd imagine that the you know the Giants were about as impressive as anyone not not called the Dodgers yesterday you know they they looked like a very strong team coming out coming out uh and then they're gonna be facing uh Taylor Youngman who I like Taylor Youngman kind of the way you like Gibson in season long, hmm. but he's kind of a soft tossing guy for the for a guy that's six foot six uh so you know, you get some Giants lefty guys, you know, like you, like you used yesterday, Donard Spann, setting mm-hmm. the table. Uh, maybe even, like, you know, if you want to save, maybe Joe Panic because he's going to get on base. You know, yep. guys like that, I think, would be kind of uh, crafty plays. And, honestly, you could probably get away with using some Milwaukee hitters as well because uh, Samarja, as a guy that used to pitch for the Cubs, has some experience at Miller Park, mm-hmm. and it hasn't actually gone very well for me. as a career 6'3 ERA at Miller Park.
2: Yeah, I mean— Scooter Jeanette, I think, is going to move up in the batting order again. It's he tough should. to predict these lineups today ahead of time. But I think against uh, left-handers, we might see a little bit more VR out of the two spot. Maybe against right-handers, see Scooter Jeanette, the lefty, mm-hmm. creep back up in the lineup. And he launched a home run yesterday that was 108 miles an hour off the bat. You uh, don't expect that from you, Scooter. <laughs> yeah, you don't expect that from a guy like Scooter to Jeanette. Pretty small statue. But if he can keep kind of th- performances like that going, yeah, at least we know he's got it in him. And for a second baseman, that's probably going to stack, line up around 2,500 on FanDuel. Definitely not a bad option there, especially in a game with an 8.5 over-under. All right, well, you're listening to this pod, so you know that MLB season is here, and that means Daily Fantasy Baseball is back. Go to FanDuel.com to play now. Building a team is easy. Just pick your players, stay under the salary cap, and sit back tonight and watch your team win. Entry fees start at just $1, so anybody can play. Log on to FanDuel now. All right, John, moving on to the final segment here of our podcast. We're going to pick out some pitchers that might be good options in tournaments. Now, remember, these are guys that aren't necessarily advisable in cash games because there is a certain element of risk involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, you definitely want to watch that. If you're playing in your 50-50s, your heads up, your your multipliers, you might want to kind of go back to guys like Fernandez and Strasburg that we talked about uh, earlier. Yep, safer guys. Safer guys. But for your tournaments, you need to do at least something that sets your lineup apart. Now, I remember Monday is, uh, I guess, the second opening day or the official, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> uh, Monday, Clayton Kershaw was a great cash game play, but he was owned in 65% of lineups. At least in the contests I was doing, I was doing some of the big double ups. Gotcha. So in a tournament, you're gonna need to pick some of those lesser owned players, and you gotta kind of hope that uh, he has a great day, and that will set your lineup apart one because the ownership will be lower two because you'll have more money to stack up with favorable hitter matchups so john do you have a uh kind of a flyer some will call it a dart some like to call it a scratch off uh all over the place but do you have a flyer that you might want to consider uh for tomorrow in tournaments i got two
1: two kind of interesting guys uh one of them is philadelphia's aaron nola he's uh he's a guy i think he's the gem of their pitching staff uh he he had a pretty solid spring uh he did well he had like a three five nine e r a at the major league level last year once he got called up. He had a really strong k rate in, in the minors, hopefully he can kind of tap into that a little bit more they're going to be on the road in Cincinnati. The weather might not be great though so i i can't imagine the wind just blowing out home runs you know like we 'll see over the summer and I think that Philadelphia might be able to give him some run support against uh Brandon finnegan uh, so I think he's definitely a guy to, to at least. Take a look at, think about. And then uh, Carlos Rodone, uh, I would like this better if he didn't have to go against Sonny Gray, but you got to love that he's playing out in Oakland. Uh, I think that helps a lot. Plus, I just think that Rodone is probably going to be underpriced for how good he actually is.
2: Yeah, I like both of those options for tournaments uh, because, you know, they don't quite have the established history as some of the better sure. known names do but these names are most definitely familiar they're highly touted prospects mm-hmm. that we all know have the ability it's just a matter of putting it all together at some point exactly and that so their price hasn't quite caught up to their potential yet and if you can get if you can buy that big potential at a low price point then that's definitely leaving you with room for profit in a tournament uh, it's a little bit of a risky end to be playing in cash games can't stress that enough but uh, Nolan Rodone both have strikeout upside uh, they both have reasonable matchups and uh, yeah I think they're gonna have pretty low ownership for the most part probably yeah so Mm -hmm. I mean either of those guys are are
1: interesting darts
2: (laughs) exactly yeah my guy might be a little bit less of of a dart per se because he There's stats here the stats just haven't been accumulated here in the major leagues they haven't accumulated over in Japan and I'm talking about Kenta Maeda of the Dodgers he's playing in San Diego against Kashner so you know the the matchup doesn't scream "use me" one hundred percent for sure, but it's also a pretty good re- matchup on paper. I know Petco's parks uh, or the fences I think have moved in a little bit over the years, but there's still it's still regardless is a pretty spacious park. Yeah,
1: I'd say. Uh off the top of my head, I remember it being uh, 23rd most home runs there. So, I mean, it's still a
2: pitcher's park, decidedly so. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with you there. And, I mean, the Dodgers scored, what, like 15 yesterday? So they've definitely yeah. shown the ability <laughs> for run support. That's uh, There's no question there. Now, it's only one game into the season, but and it was against Clayton Kershaw. But I think there's a chance that the Padres might be one of those teams that you might want to consider targeting they're pretty once a while. Uh, yeah, they're a light-hitting team, and they've got some guys that uh, – are, have been known to accumulate strikeouts. I mean, Absolutely. Will Myers, for as highly touted as a prospect as he is, he has his fair share of strikeouts. So mm-hmm. does Matt Kemp. So oh, yeah, uh, there, there's. A lot of strikeout potential in that lineup. And, I mean, Kenta Maeda had an excellent spring, finished the spring. He threw 23 spring innings, finished with uh, only allowed six earned runs over that. So that's a 2-3-5 ERA nice. and a 20-5 to five K to walk ratio. I guess you could just say 4-1, to one, uh, simplify that there. But the spring numbers were solid. He's got a good history in Japan. He's not like some of the older Japanese pitchers that have came over. I think he's only 27. So oh, nice. And, you know, with little to no MLB data to work with, I think his price point on FanDuel might be a bit of a wild card there. Very um, good point. So I'm not exactly sure what they're going to debut a guy like that at because he doesn't have any major league data to go with. And so, I mean, if he's up over eight, eighty five hundred, maybe he's not as good of a tournament play because sure. you kind of want to find a better flyer option like that. But if he's... In the six seven range, I'm going to throw them out there and see what happens. It's a tournament, take a risk, and uh, we'll see what you're getting there. You got to love that matchup. You got to love the park. You got to love the run support. I mean, the, the, he has
1: all these factors going for him. So I definitely, uh, I'm going to make a few tournament lineups tomorrow. I'm, I'm
2: going to get Maeda in there for sure. Yeah, for sure. So just to summarize here, cash game picks: John like Strasburg, I like Fernandez. I think we can mutually agree on both of those picks. Though mm-hmm. for tournament picks, we've got Aaron Nola, Carlos Rodon, and Kent Maeda. Well, thank you for listening to the Rotowire Daily Fantasy Podcast, brought to you by Fanduel, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. Remember that first-time Fanduel users that make a deposit of twenty-five dollars or more via Rotowire can get a free six months of access to the website. Otherwise, if you just want to check out Rotowire.com on your own, you can go to Rotowire.com slash pod. That's Rotowire.com slash pod. Once again, I'm Jake Litarski. If you're out there on Twitter, you can follow me at jakeski52.
1: And I'm John McKechnie, and you can find me on Twitter at Johnny McKex. That's
2: J-O-H-N-N-Y-M-C-K-E-C-H-S. All right, the RotoWire Daily Fantasy Podcast will return Thursday with James Seltzer and Benny Riccardi.
0: They're going to kill the love of my life. If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal a truck. Bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous?
1: Of course it's dangerous!
0: Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under
1: 13.